die Krüge hoch, ein Prosit der Gemütlichkeit! Ein Prosit, ein Prosit der Gemütlichkeit! Ein Prosit, ein Prosit der Gemütlichkeit! Und weiter geht's! That's right! What that guy said! September 19, 2020, and that can mean only one thing, ladies and gentlemen, it is the start of Oktoberfest. Although cancelled in Germany, not cancelled in our hearts. That's right. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. Because it is another episode of Three Beers In, but a very special one. Oh, I'll do, oh, I forgot the lady. Welcome to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. Okay. From deep underground in Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon, welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In, the craft beer show bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. This is episode 177, I want to say. Isn't it 77? It's been a blur, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's episode 177, and we are celebrating what is going to be the season finale of Three Beers In. That's right, I have decided as a host that uh, uh, when Oktoberfest begins, that is when the show ends, so to speak. Yes, I know. I have been a pretty bad host lately. I've been bouncing around, doing, you know, everything but the show. But when duty calls, I do answer. And this was something I envisioned long ago. It's something that I am now putting into effect, making sure that I do have a beginning and an end to the seasons of Three Beers In because it was going on for a little bit too long. I actually wrote down... How long was going on? So we did the season two a year and two months ago. Uh, I can't believe it's already been a year and two months. And season three began nine months before this. So now we are now in a position where for the show will go on for a year. Uh, each season will be a year long. I don't care. I, I thought about doing maybe six months. Uh, but no, every time there is an Oktoberfest start, Three Beers In finishes. Uh, it's season, and our ne- our season premiere will be next week. Um, so this is going to be a- an interesting show. I do not have a unique beer this week. Uh, I do not have a hop of the week. I got beer news is out there. I'm going to try to cobble it together. But what I wanted today to be was just a celebration of beer. I mean, it's our hobby. If you're listening to this show, if it's your first time listening, it's going to be a little bit different than what we usually do, just because... This is a very special day for all beer enthusiasts and uh, people that are trying to get into the beer game or into the beer world, so to speak. This is a great time to jump on in because everyone knows what Oktoberfest is. Everyone knows everything. Everyone has heard of Oktoberfest, which is just so fantastic. But um, being that it is a celebration of beer, what I'm going to do is just quickly run through 
the Mount Rushmore of season three. Again, the season finale is this show. So as something ends, as something begins, as something ends, uh, so there's some Hallmark card in there somewhere for fuck's sakes. But either way, I am so excited. I have two. I'm drinking two Oktoberfest beers. I'm going to get to those in a minute. But the Oktoberfest is upon us. I mean, this is just the best time of the year. You know, you got that chill in the air, that the hoodie weather feel. You just want to sit by a fire and enjoy these Oktoberfest beers. And you know it's going to get you ready for those stouts and stuff like that and those porters. So for the Mount Rushmore, which is something we implemented uh, implemented with the new show, Robless, um, I, I take a lager, ale, stout, and what I put as seasonal, I think I'm going to change to like a guest tap or a wild card type thing where it's just like there is nothing attached to it because it's hard to just keep it seasonal, so to speak. You're also... You're also going to have to deal with my allergies. Today was really rough when it came to allergies, but it's been tough. I thought I had fucking COVID for a second. That's how bad the allergies have been. So here we do a lager, an ale, stout, and we're going to do a seasonal, or uh, not seasonal, we're going to do a guest tap. Kind of like whatever, maybe we could put another ale on there or another stout, something like that, just to try to keep it a little bit, um, to keep that category moving a little bit, because it kind of got stuck um, uh, the season before and... Uh, um, and this uh, season, the season before last. So we had um, Barnegat, Barnegat Lag, uh, Lager. Jesus, Lord, Jesus. I'm sorry. These Fest beers in Oktoberfest, a little bit higher in the ABV than usual. Ship Bottom Brewery had this lager, Barnegat Lager, which got a 9.0 from me uh, in the lager department, which finally overtook the Five Burrows Pilsner from the season before. I think I'm going to do that um, in the next season, season four. We're going to carry everything over and see if it could be uh, dethroned because Mount Rushmore is kind of just still there, right? So in the ale department, we have Blood of the Unicorn, then Citrus Snuggie in season two. Eastern Standard took over. Shape of Hops to come, Madonna. And then uh, the latest one was uh, Alpha King, which got a 9.5 from Three Floyds. We just had that very recently. It's going to be really hard for that to get dethroned, though I have not done King Sue. I did do pseudo Sue, and that was before the Mount Rushmore. So I, I do think that we can make a run against Alpha King in season four, especially with all the beer that's coming out and stuff. It's going to be really fantastic. And the fact that I went back to Beverage Island, it's open and I went there. Oh, there's just so much to talk about. Obviously, the stout, uh, we had a Staten Island local on there with the Tiramisu Munchies from Killsborough. In season two, which is overtaken by Lucius, which was from oh god, where where is it? Um, oh for the love of shit, I can't think. Hold on, let me uh, let me type it in real quick into the into three beers in. You can go to the search tab. You hit that search tab, and you could literally type in anything that you need to find, and it'll pop up for you. So Lucius, search. Please spell it right. Please have spelled it right. I did, and it was from. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. I, I've been spelling it wrong. Lucius. It's one of the fucking popular... Oh, for the love of shit. It's the place that does, like, Hetty Topper, I think. Not Hetty Topper. It's in Vermont. Lucius Stout. Okay, Lucius Imperial Stout. I, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I feel like The Alchemist! You dummy. The Alchemist. Duh. Lucius had a 9.7, the highest, highest rated beer ever. Um... 
on three beers in because it was fucking ridiculous. One of the best beers that I had in my entire life. It's actually out of all the beers that I've had because I've had many beers other than the 177, 176 unique ones because I had to delete a whole couple, of ep- a whole bunch of episodes when we were trying to get into the parade. So there's been so many beers in my repertoire. Look at me pat myself on the back. And this one really just stood out that much, and that's how delicious it was. And then for the seasonal part here, we had, um, again, I jotted this down while drunk. So the log, so to speak, is really messy. I promise I'm going to try to make it better. The first fucking iteration of this looks like ass. Like I, It looked like I couldn't even write and then the second one, at least I added the scores to it to try to, like, make it seem a little bit better. Now I'm going to add, like, even more detail in the next season when it comes to the... Um, and I'm going to get on the untapped, guys. I know, I know. It's been a while. I had unsatisfied, don't know. Then I wrote keg noog. It was kegnog, which was really, really good. Uh, then I had Monday Colombian necktie. I remember the Colombian necktie... With that brutal brewery, I forgot the name of it, but my God, had the fucking guy, his like his tongue was being ripped out of his throat. Disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And it was a goes, I think, a goes. So I'm gonna carry that over. So season four, we're gonna have a whole brand new Mount Rushmore. See who could be dethroned. See what can happen. Um, and and that's it with that. Do I have a hop of the week? No, I don't. I don't have that because we are going to try to cover what is the difference between a Oktoberfest beer. Actually, let's get into Oktoberfest, right? This is it. This is the time of the year where beer drinkers can just go to go to town. But in the meantime, hold on. I got to drink some beer. So this is important because it's a beer drinking holiday. Literally, it's a holiday for drinking beer. Um, every once in a while, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to play the, the Ein Prosit so I could, uh, I could take a drink because it's very important that I keep this Oktoberfest beer uh, flowing. So you're going to hear this here, and if you want to play along, just play along. And now I'm going to drink right here. Here we go. Oh, I drank a whole bunch. A lot of gulps, a lot of gulps. Okay, so that's what's going to be, that's what this episode's going to be like. It's a drinking episode. It's Oktoberfest. It's a celebration. It's a little late here. It's kind of, well, it's kind of late for me. It's 8.30, which is crazy. So, Oktoberfest. It is the festival of all festivals for us beer drinkers, okay? The Oktoberfest is the world's largest beer festival and traveling funfair festival held annually in Munich, Bavaria, Germany. And it is a 16 to 18 day folk festival or people festival running. Oh, oh, it's going to be tough. Mid or late September to the first Sunday in October with more than 6 million people from around the world attending the event every year. Locally, it is called Devizen uh, after the colloquial name given for the fairgrounds, which is the Thereisenweiss. Um the Oktoberfest is an important part of Bavarian culture, having been held since the year 1810. Other cities across the world also hold Oktoberfest celebrations that are modeled after the original Munich event. During the event, large quantities of Oktoberfest beer are consumed. During the 16-day festival in 2013, for example, 7.7 million liters, also known as 66,000, 
United States Beal Barrels, Beal Bells, were served. Visitors also enjoyed numerous attractions, such as amusement rides, side stalls, and games. There's also a wide variety of traditional foods available. The Munich Oktoberfest originally took place in the 16-day period leading up to the first Sunday in October in the 1994 alongside... Oh, okay, they did some sort of weird schedule thing, blah, blah, blah. So it's a big celebration, and it's all about beer. So in the history of this, Crown Prince Ludwig, later King Ludwig, married Princess Therese of Sachsen-Hildenberghausen on the 12th of October in 1810. The citizens of Munich were invited to attend the festivities held on the fields in front of the city gates to celebrate the royal event. The fields were named Theresenweiss, also known as Therese's Meadow. Oh, in honor of the crown princess and have kept the name ever since. Although the locals have since abbreviated to simply the Weissen. Horse races in the tradition of the 15th century Scarlet Race at Carlster were held on the 18th of October to honor the newlyweds. It is widely believed that Andres Michael del Armi, a general of the National Guard, proposed the idea. However, the origins of the horse races in the Oktoberfest itself have stemmed from proposals offered by Franz Baumgartner, a coachman and sergeant in the National Guard. The precise origins of the festival and the horse races remains a matter of controversy. However, the decision to repeat the horse races spectacle and celebrations in 1811 launched what is now known as the annual Oktoberfest. So today, we celebrate you, Andres Michael Dalarmi, which is not very German, or you, Franz Baumgartner, much more German. Okay, if you had to take the choice of the two, you know, who do you think actually started the, uh, the, the Oktoberfest? I'm taking the Franz Baumgartner. So this one's for you, Franz Baumgartner. We're going to drink to you, sir. a coachman and sergeant in the National Guard. God bless you. Oi. I can't I can't drink every paragraph because then this is going to this is going to end very uh, uh, poorly for everybody involved. Moving along. The fairground once outside the city was chosen due to its natural uh, suitability. The Sendlinger Hill today also known as Theresenhall uh, was used as a grandstand for 40,000 race spectators. That's pretty big in 1810, 1811. The festival grounds remained undeveloped except for the king's tent. For tastings and, and wine and other stuff, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of good, happy, good times. So it became a public event, and it grew ever since then. So much beer is consumed. So much fun is happening. Oh, my God, there was a bombing? That's terrible. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, that, that it happened. And now, of course, the... the um, so I'm going to I'm going to read about the highlights after this. Naturally, one of the tragic things is uh, and I want to hit this up real quick before we continue and I know I I it's not even a political thing to be honest. I I'm really upset uh you know and saddened by the death of uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg, associate uh, justice in the Supreme Court. Uh I didn't see this one. I mean, obviously she was older, but uh, I just you know, it's just so sad and I really hope that uh we can all just remember her for her greatness in terms of what she achieved in her life uh, being on the Supreme Court. So 
you know, you know, I I, I don't want to get uh, too dark or anything like that, bringing up a death. Um, but it it does have to be addressed, and uh, because she was a very special person, uh, and she's a part of American history, so um, this this one's for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Here. Here we go. Oh, okay. So that definitely was not the beer to to chug. And I'll tell you in a second why. Because I'll just tell you right now. Fuck it. Because this this shows all over the fucking place. This is a this is an Erdinger Oktoberfest, and it's in Ger- it's got all the brewed in Bavaria, Germany. So we got that going for it. But it's an Oktoberfest. But here's the thing. It's like it says here. Erdinger is brewed all naturally using traditional bottle fermentation, never pasteurized. Before this, I had a Wein Hestefano Fest beer, and uh, I'm going to read about it in a little bit, but the difference between an Oktoberfest and a Fest beer is absolutely nothing. They actually are interchangeable in terms of the name, although what you do see sometimes is a lot of Oktoberfest beers that are traditional in nature that you're used to seeing. I'm sorry, I just chugged two beers for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and everyone that thinks, everyone that wants to hate on me for that, fuck right off. It wasn't in any type of poor tastes, okay? That was legitimately for for a person who's who will go down in American history. And um, <clears throat> that was not easy to do. Uh, so traditionally, the Oktoberfest beers are much darker in color, almost like an amber color, um, a traditional Marzen-looking beer. So this Erdinger and the Fest beer that I have in there from Vinehas Nirvana, they're, they're both very unique in terms of they don't look like any other Oktoberfest I've ever had, other than the Vorsteiner. The Vorsteiner was pretty close to to what the um, the Weinstein was, but the usually when you grab a Sam Adams or something that's craft, usually uh, craft, they're a little bit uh, on the hoppier side, but they do they don't ignore the malt bill, and what you get is a darker color, like an amberish color. When I had the Fest beer, it was clear, almost like a Hellas Lager, like just crystal clear, not dark at all. It almost looked like a traditional Pilsner, almost. Uh, but then it had that Oktoberfest fa- uh, uh, taste, so it had a malty flavor to it, but it wasn't too, too sweet and had that noble hops flavor and stuff. So it was really, really nice. But then when I busted out here the Erdinger, um, it's fermented in the bottle. So when I poured it out, it was not clear. Uh, it was very light, uh, almost like a blonde color to it, and it was hazy. And it did have a little bit of a, I don't want to say a full-blown Hefeweizen taste, but it did. You did taste the yeast that was uh, that they used to ferment it in the bottle. Gave some great lacing. That also could have been because I just pounded it down. But let me pause this and get. Uh, I'm going to switch over now back to the Fest beer to continue our talk over Oktoberfest. By the way, this is all from Wikipedia, so shout out to them, I guess, um, because I always try to. Give credit uh, to whomever I read everything from. 
So here we go, the entry of restaurateurs and breweries. The story of the entry of the Oktoberfest restaurateurs and breweries for the opening of the Oktoberfest began in 1887. God, that was the longest sentence. It's not even over yet because there's a comma. When then manager Hans Streyer, no, Steyer, first marched from his meadow to the Terz... Okay. Ter... Tegernseer Strauss with his staff, a brass band, and a load of beer to the uh, fairgrounds. Uh, in its current form, the parade has taken place since 1935. A lot of parades then, too. Where all the breweries first took part. Since then, the parade is led by Munich Kindle, followed by the incumbent... Who's Munich Kindle? Hang on, I got I got It's a there's a hyperlink here, so I'm gonna try to like give a new tab here, and see what it is. Munich, oh my God, the oh Kindle, Munich Kindle, meaning Munich child, is the symbol of the coat of arms of Munich. It's just a little baby. It's a small child wearing a monk's outfit, holding a red book. Whatever, Germany, you guys have been around for a long time. Followed by the incumbent mayor of Munich in the. Sh- in the Schottenhamel family carriage since 1950. And this is followed by the decorated horse carriage and floats of the breweries and the carriages of the other restaurateurs and showmen. The music bands from the beer tents accompanying them in the parade. And then they have some pictures here of the coachman costume. The horse is all fucking dressed up and wearing armor and shit. That's pretty fucking dope. The Hawker Pashur brewery horse team. There's a, there's a bunch of barrels and trees. Some some women in the um, in the Fraulein gear, but I think uh, what happens here is this is going to call for a this is going to call for an Ein Prosit. I think it's going to call for an Ein Prosit for our fella here, um, for Hans for Hans Steirer because he started the fucking parade. Prosit, Ein Prosit. This is for Hans Steirer. Yes, Ein this one's for you, Hans Steirer. Yeah. All right. Uh, switched over to the fest beer. I like it a little bit better. So then you have the barrel tapping. After the parade of the restaurateurs on carriages from downtown to the festival grounds at exactly 12 o'clock, the Lord Mayor opens the first beer barrel in the Schottenhamel tent with the initial pass and the exclamation, Oh, zaps ist, which means it's tapped. The Oktoberfest is declared open. So the guy goes in with a giant spigot, in a huge, like, an actual beer barrel, which is, like, ginormous. And he smacks the living shit out of it with a hammer. It's a big mallet-looking thing. You gotta look it up on YouTube. It's so special. He smacks the living shit out of it. And beer comes flying out. It's absolutely absurd. And then the beer is just flowing. Twelve gunshots are then fired on the stairway of Ruchmishol. Uh, this is the signal to the other restaurateurs to start with the serving of the beer. And this is what makes it so awesome, is that some guy just takes a handgun and just fucking just unloads in the sky, 
with a probably a, a Sig Sauer because it's Germany. He just fucking lets a clip go, and then they're like, oh, fuck, someone just got murdered, or it's time for us to drink. I mean, it's it's 12 noon, and, and, and that's what's even more special is that they start at 12 o'clock. Because you know what? Back then, you needed daylight to drink, okay? That's all I'm going to say. They had a pretty they had a pretty figured out back then. Okay, the, traditionally, the Bavarian minister president is served the first liter of beer. Then, in the other tents, the first barrels are tapped and the beer is served to the visitors. Makes him so fucking cool. Who's the... Oh, I guess he's the president of Bavaria. Okay, that's pretty cool. Every year, visitors eagerly await to see how many strokes the mayor needs. <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking. How many strokes does this mayor need before the first beer flows? Bets are even made at this thing. The best performance is still two strokes from Christian Uday. In two, oh, my God. He was two-stroking it in, tw- in, in 05, 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, and 13. And Dieter Reiter, or Dieter Reiter, either way, it's a pretty cool name. 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. That guy was doing it in two strokes. But there were also 19 strokes required for Thomas Vimmer in 1950. They were still trying to get back from the uh, the Great War there. So you know what? I think this calls for a nine prosit for uh, for two strokes. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Right? Let's go. Here we go. Yeah. Two strokes, ladies and gentlemen. Prosit, ein prosit. It only took two strokes from Christian Uday and Dieter. Strokes. Let's drink to that. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. You ever get you ever get hammered doing a fucking Wikipedia article? That's that kind of. This is that kind of podcast. Then this podcast is for you if you're gonna just hit that. So, costume and rifleman parade in honor of the silver wedding anniversary of King Ludwig of Bavaria and Princess Therese. A traditional costume parade took place. In 1835, for the first time, in 1895, the Bavarian novelist Maximilian Schmidt organized another parade with 1,400 per- per- participants in 150 traditional costume groups. Another, per- This is, okay, what am I, Tim Gunn here? I'm not going to read about the fucking, okay. There's a parade, they wave flags, they've got stuff, and they're wearing later hosens and green fucking hats. All right, they're wearing their shit. Okay, I'm not going to drink to the later hosen. Should I drink to the later? No, I'm not going to drink to the later hosen. I just drank for the two-stroke guys. Um, Only beer conforming to the Rheinhitzgebet and brewed within the city limits of Germany can be served at the Munich Oktoberfest. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the allergies are... Because the windows are open now. So uh, what we have to note here is that we're at the beer part of the the, the facts here on Wikipedia. So here we go. Uh, beers meeting these criteria are designated Oktoberfest beer, although the name Oktoberfest beer also denotes two distinct beer styles, uh, Marzen, a lager, and a paler fest beer, uh, which is now commonly served at Oktoberfest itself. The breweries that can produce Oktoberfest beer under the aforementioned criteria are Augustiner, Hocker for sure, Lovenbrau, Pauliner, Spaten, and Hofbrau. So I'm actually drinking two, two beers that I 
that are not October like tra- like real Oktoberfest beers. I don't know what to do now. Oktoberfest beer is a registered trademark by the Club of Munich Brewers, which consists only of the above six breweries. Oh, okay. I see what's going on here. Okay, you tried to make me feel bad, but you guys are like the imbezzles of Oktoberfest. Let me not disrespect them like that. There's a culture here to be had, people. Okay? A culture. It goes on to say that there's a lot of security. There's uh, there's also a lot of um, energy supply needed. There's toilets, it says. And now we're on to the tents. But before we get to the Oktoberfest tents, before we get to that, I'd like to run a little bit of a commercial for you guys. Is that okay? Because I cut this commercial last week, and I never actually put it out there. So please... Without further ado, here is the Three Beers In commercial. All right, everybody. I know it's the middle of the show, but I always forget to plug this show on my own show. Isn't that crazy? So check this out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could stop what you're doing, go down to the review and give me five stars, it would be really, really great. If you even want to drop me a line there, that'd be cool, too. Don't forget, you can visit www.3beersin.com. That's with two N's at the end. Right there, you can find the contact tab. You click that, you drop me a line. Question, comment, concern, anything. I'll try to get it on the show. Not to mention, also, on that main website, that's where you can hit the merch tab and buy yourself some awesome three beers in gear. You like hoodies? We got hoodies. You like just regular t-shirts? We got that too. We even have cases for your phone, man. Are you afraid of websites? Don't worry. You can always just Google three beers in. Don't forget the two ends at the end. And you can find my Facebook. You can find my Twitter. You can see that I'm on Untapped. And you can also find other platforms in which to listen. Did you know that we're on Spotify? After the many years of doing this show, what really makes it all worthwhile is the fact that I get to come on down here, drink some beer, and hang out with my pals. That's basically what it is. Everyone that listens to this show is a friend, is a family member. You guys are the reason I do it. Thank you so, so much. Share it to somebody else. Maybe they can get the feeling of the gemunlichkeit while we do it. Who knows? We shall see. But thank you all again so very much. Thanks for listening to this commercial. And let's get on with the show, shall we? Thank you guys for listening. Hey, you know what? Great commercial, Dom. Why, thank you, Dom. Yeah, I did that a while ago. And uh, <clears throat> I think I'm starting to get a little drunk here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's been great. The beer's been flowing. It's a wonderful Oktoberfest. I'm having a fantastic time. Moving on with the article here, because this is the next important part here. There are currently 14 large tents and 20 small tents at the Oktoberfest. The tents are wooden, non-permanent structures, which are constructed for and only used during the festival. The beer or wine, fuck that, served in each uh, uh, is in the accompanying table. So this is one of the bigger parts of the actual festival. People get into these tents and they drink and they eat. So the large tents are Marstall, uh, one of the larger tents. It's the first tent that many visitors uh, see at the festival. Traditionally in the evening, the Oktoberfest band Municher Zweitracht plays all the Oktoberfest classics there. We also have the Am Selt, which um, translates to the Crossbowman's Tent, a competition that has been part of 
uh, Oktoberfest since 1895. So there's a fucking uh, crossbow competition. That's pretty dope. Hofbrau, uh, part of the famous Hofbrau house. Uh, this is the tent very popular with Americans, Australians, and New Zealanders. And it goes on and on and on. I really cannot wait to get to an Oktoberfest. I will get to an Oktoberfest. Um, this one got canceled. I think I mentioned it before, obviously because of COVID-19. It it was over for this year. So no Oktoberfest this year. Hopefully next year there'll be an Oktoberfest. And hopefully next year I can maybe go to it. I hope. But I know that I have to make a pretty big trip in between because my buddy Rob is getting married. Rob, who was on the show, congratulations to them and their engagement, which was many months ago. But their wedding was supposed to be in November. Obviously, it's been canceled. And uh, I'm going to try to get to their wedding uh, and then maybe Oktoberfest the year after that. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, let's see here. There's there's a, there's some other information. Uh, there's construction, blah, blah, blah. The famous, the famous song in the beer tents is Ein Prosit der Gemühlichkeit. It's Lish. I thought it was Lich. Gemühlichkeit. It's Gemühlichkeit. So the I-C-H in German is Ish. And it translates to Ein Prosit der Gemühlichkeit translates to a toast to cheer and good times. So as I am like doing this song and cheersing to these folks, that's ex- that's actually what's going on. And if you if you're if you weren't listening, this is kind of how it sounds. And I'm gonna do it and drink some more. This is the I'm Prosit. I'm Prosit. I'm Prosit. to all the listeners. Cheers, everybody. I don't know what that other fucking song is, but I want to I I know that one. Everyone knows the Olay song. Like, that's it. The, the Olay song is international. Everyone's heard the Olay song. Everyone knows the Olay song. There's nothing to be really said about that one right there. Okay. So, uh, let's just talk about these beers that I'm having right now. Uh, so, let's just talk about Mars and Beer, which is Oktoberfest beer in general. This is according to BeerAdvocate.com. The lager, known as Marzen uh, Oktoberfest, it says here, before... Ref- <laughs> sorry. Before Richard... Ref- <laughs> sorry. Jesus Christ. Pull it together, Dom. Act like you've been there before, boy. Before refrigeration, it was nearly impossible to brew beer in the summer due to the hot weather and bacterial infections. Now, I have a little bit of experience with this. Bacterial infections, no, but hot weather. I, as you know, was an avid home brewer. I loved home brewing. It was so much fun having that weekend, just fucking powering through, getting it done, knowing that the beer was around, knowing that you had a project you were working on loosely because you kind of just leave it to ferment. But when it got fucking, when it was the fucking dog days of summer and it was like swamp ass hot. When I, when I say swamp ass hot, because for me, it's always quite damp. Okay. Especially if I'm walking up the stairs. When I say swamp ass hot, I mean like you could just exist in the world 
and your ass is just sweating. When it was swamp ass hot, I had no desire. I had no drive. The the fucking heat would drain you so bad. There'd be no reason for you to even try to continue with your brewing, with your home brewing. So totally get the hot weather. Didn't even get to bacterial infections because it was just too hot to even fucking do it. I do know, however, because I have this keg system right over here. Here I go. Right here, my keg. You heard that. That's my keg. I will be kegging beer this year. As soon as uh, the weather is just it's still a little too hot for me during the day, I want to be comfortable when I do it, so I'm doing it on my fucking terms. Back to the Oktoberfest. Brewing ended with the coming of spring and began again in the fall. Thus, most beer, uh, most were brewed in March, which is Marzen. So Marzen beer means March, basically, in German. These beers were kept in cold storage during the spring and summer months or brewed at a higher gravity. So they'd last longer. Marzen beer is full-bodied, rich, and toasty with a moderately high alcohol content. Its color can be anywhere from pale gold to medium amber, but it's typically some shade of copper. Like other dark lagers, dark lagers, the aroma is driven by malt, not hops, and it's best enjoyed in a half liter in a Bavarian beer garden. That's a cute little thing that they put at the end of it. But um, So we actually, for myself... And for you at home, you could see it right here. If you if you can get your hands on the Erdinger and the Fest beer from Weinhestefana, and you get yourself your hands on some Sam Adams Mars and Oktoberfest, you will see the wide array of different types of Oktoberfest beers that you can come across. It's anywhere from a 5 to 6.5% alcohol by volume, and the IBUs are anywhere from 18 to 25. And it's usually served in a mug or stein but if you can't get your hands on that, you can just use a glass like I have right here. So this year I did have the uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and they did write on the box and bottle, and I, I don't know if they did like a re- press release about it or anything like that, but they did mention that they uh, did a little bit something different with the malt grain bill this year, and I did notice a difference in the flavor. I do think that this 2020 Oktoberfest for Sam Adams is its best one. I think before... You know, a lot of people would lean into the Oktoberfest from Sam Adams and say that it was their favorite, and for good reason, because it was pretty good. But uh, there was a bit, in terms of the difference from what I remember from last year to this year, last year had a little bit of a medicinal kind of flavor to it, almost like a, I don't want to say like a fake chemically flavor to it, but it didn't have the pizzazz that this year's has. This year's the grain bill, what they messed with, it, there is a such a fantastic malt characteristic that it's hard to get over. So, like, these German beers that I'm having right now, these are straight from Germany. I mean, this is where they've been doing Oktoberfest since the 1800s. And these beers, actually, I don't know, do Marzen beers, Marzen beers probably even predate the Oktoberfest because this was just their way of uh, brewing at that time period, uh, especially during the year, and keeping it uh, lagered, so to speak, and cold. So they've been doing it much longer than anybody else, and I'm not going to say I prefer the Oktoberfest over these beers because especially the Weinhestefana's Fest beer, uh, it's got that great Bavarian logo on it. It's got a wreath around it. It's a really, really nice presentation, and it has that delicious German lager clarity and just brightness in the flavor, and it just has a little bit of a sweeter malt profile. When it comes to the Erdinger, I don't know if I've had Erdinger Oktoberfest before, but again, this was something that was 
fermented in the bottle. And, you know, it's going to come out a little bit hazy. It does come out a little bit different in terms of the flavor. It's a 5.7. The Vina Stefano is a 5.8. Uh, between the two of them, obviously, I would rate it the Vina Stefano number one. I would go Sam Adams, Oktoberfest number two, and then the Erdinger number three. That's not that the Erdinger's bad. It's just that the fact that it's fermented in the bottle, it does change the flavor and the complexity of it. Maybe not leaning in favor of an Oktoberfest beer or Fest beer, but maybe if it was just traditionally a lager, it would be a little bit more palatable um, for what we're doing here. When I say traditional, I mean like not fermented in the bottle. You know, if they fermented this otherwise and then tried to like clarify it, maybe the flavors would be a little bit less on the yeast side. But when we look at the Oktoberfests on Beer Advocate, I find this so interesting. And this is just a, an American phenomenon because of how we are when it comes to craft beer. Samuel Adams' Oktoberfest, as of, as of this recording, has 8,000 ratings on Beer Advocate. And the next biggest one is Iyengar, which is a phenomenal Oktoberfest, and it has 2,800. So, I mean, think about all those people that are just missing out on something so delicious as the Iyengar. Now, the, the, there's something that uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to achieve again, but one of the biggest episodes we ever had on Three Beers In, when it was more of, I mean, more of, it was more people in, involved, so it wasn't just me. We had a big Oktoberfest special where we tried to, and if you want to catch it, you can go back and listen to it. it, it it's a long-running one, but it was pretty fun. We were actually able to have... Craft uh, Oktoberfest against German Oktoberfest. And I think we had eight or nine breweries of each, which is just fucking amazing. I mean, thinking back to how shitty of a job we really did with the show back then, the fact that we able we were able to pull that show off is, is kind of fantastic. I really can't believe it. But what we did find out was most of the Craft Oktoberfest just did not even hold the jock of any of the German ones. Uh, you know, if you've listened to the show before, you'll just know that. I mean, they really just did not, they could not, you know, hang with the big boys. Uh, they, they were just so much better. But for me, I remember my favorite one of all of them was the Warsteiner because it was some, they did some sort of a special that year. And it was a lot different. But I will say this, the only real craft Oktoberfest that I really like are either the Sam Adams, of course, and Sierra Nevada, little. Sierra Nevada lately have been doing collaborations with German uh, beer, uh, German breweries. So let me see what they do. What was the latest one? Let me see. I'll see if there was a latest iteration of it. Unless they just did an Oktoberfest themselves this year. Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest 2020. This year they did it with, oh, Bitburger. Wow, I would really like to get my hands on that because I do enjoy Bitburger quite a bit. <laughs> no pun intended there. But, you know, this right here, I think, calls for a toast. A toast to beer. I know that sounds crazy, but that's why we're here right now, right? I cross it to the beer.
should just do this for every show from now on. I do like a I'm pro sit for things that I'm happy about and things that I'm excited about. Right? What do you guys think? Drop me a line and I'll let you know. I mean, I mean we'll, we'll talk about it. Maybe I should continue doing this. Without the love and support of everyone who listens to the show, especially Pete Sullivan. Jersey Pete Sullivan. The man, the myth, the legend. Out there in New Jersey fulfilling his beer journey. If it wasn't for you, this show wouldn't go on. This one's for you, sir. I hope and I know that one day you and I will be drinking in a tent somewhere in fucking Munich. All right? That is going to happen. So as I crack open these beers, ladies and gentlemen, I have to let you in on what happened to me recently. So number one, uh, one thing I wanted to bring out there that was um, that happened to me recently that that's uh, on my mind is sumo wrestling is back. That's right. That's right. This September Bosch show went on, and it is going very well. I'm watching every single day of the matches. So um, the pretty much primetime Tokyo. Actually, you know what? I don't even know. Hang on. As I pour these beers out, I'm going to hurt myself. Let me ask my watch. What time is it in Tokyo right now? Because this watch knows. It's 10.19 in the morning in Tokyo, right? So, overnight, when I'm asleep, they do the matches. And bright and early in the morning is when I get to watch them. So, when I'm on the bus going into work, if you see a guy in a mask with a lot of hair on his head and a bit fat himself watching sumo, it's me. Right? Ooh. Let me pull this one out. This The, the Erdinger is a lot more carbonated, too. And pretty tasty. You know, I, I, I tried to write it off, but it's it's pretty good. It's it's not different, like extremely different, but it is the flavors are unique, so to speak. So the sumo is going on. I love it. Football is back. I love that as well. I am a Giants fan. I know that there are other fans out there. We are a national and international podcast. So I have been really enjoying the September in terms of the sports that have been provided to me. Also, the Premier League has begun. I know. I'm talking about myself a lot right now, and I totally went off of the script when it comes to how this show is run. But one of the biggest moments in my life on this show happened earlier uh, this week. Let me just take a sip of beer real quick because I got time. I went to this location called Beverage. Island, ladies and gentlemen. Beverage Island. And for those of you that are joining me for the first time, you know, don't take this as a particularly um, um, typical show. 
Beverage Island was the Shangri-La of Staten Island, and I mean anyone in the tr- in the area, so to speak, that could get out to a beer distributor. Beverage Island put everyone to shame, and then they had to close their doors because they went to a bigger location, and then the COVID hit right when they moved, and we thought for a long while that maybe, just maybe, there would be no Beverage Island ever because there was really nothing coming from them in the ether. I saw some guy at a tire shop who was like, yeah, they're trying to bring it back, blah, blah, blah. They were in a very obscure-looking building and stuff like that. So there was a lot going on in terms of them maybe not making it, which would have been devastating. You know that. Beverage Island is a big part of this show. It's where I get my beer from. I had to be making pilgrimers pilgrimages out to Joe Canals, which is actually okay. I might do that still. No disrespect to Beverage Island, but just to try to like spread the wealth in terms of my reach, in terms of the unique craft beers that I get to do. Because at some point, as I said, I want to try to do this show until the day I die. At some point, I have to get beers that are not from the tri-state area. You know, I have to go. I have to really branch out. It's going to happen, and I, I have to prepare for it. I have to figure out how I'm going to do it. And... It might just have to be one beer a show, which is tragic. But when you have delicious beer like this to get you through to that show beer, you're going to be A-OK. For those of you that are trying to, you know, start a beer show yourself. Finally, I got to go to Beverage Island. They were open. Uh, it was two weeks ago they were open. I didn't get to go to them. I, like I said, I'm a busy guy. I'm a regular human being. I'm so sorry that I'm not just some superhero. I'm a regular man. I finally got to make my way out there. And I parked the car, I walked in, and it was like walking into a doctor's office. I shit you not, I walked in, and I thought that somehow I was walking into an elaborate intervention. I'm not kidding. I really thought that at some point I was going to see my family, and they were going to be like, come have a seat, Dom, we have to talk. And they're going to be like, you know, you, you you have a beer show every week where you drink a lot and you use it as an excuse for your alcoholism. And, you know, look, I don't have a problem, guys. I don't wake up and I have to drink to stop the shakes. Alcoholism is not a fucking joke, okay? There's a lot of people out there with problems, serious problems, and I hope that they could uh, fight those demons and, and overcome it. So, you know... And, and for those of you that think I'm joking around like an asshole about fucking alcoholism and the same assholes that are thinking I'm making a joke about Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying, fuck off, all of you pompous pieces of shit. I'm just, I'm just drinking and having a good time with my friends. Is that okay? And that sounds like a guy who does have alcoholism because I'm talking to a microphone right now. But I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to thousands of people who listen to Three Beers In. It's thousands of people. It's fucking crazy that I get to talk to thousands of fucking people. So, what am I getting at here? Yes, I thought I was in a makeshift intervention because their office is kind of like on the right side of the building, and then Beverage Island is on the back left side, right? So then I see all these box, uh, these wooden crates surrounding a doorway, and I was like, maybe that's it over there. I walked down. It said, entry here. I walked in, and I saw Jesus Christ. I saw Jesus Christ standing there in a white robe, and he said, Welcome home, my son. Welcome home. And either I did die and go to heaven, or I walked into the New Beverage Island. And that's what happened. I walked into the New Beverage Island, and it was beautiful. 
It was beautiful. And you know what I love the most about it? I went around the whole place several times, up and down the aisles, up and down the aisles. Great floor space, a huge refrigerated section. You don't have to go into a freezer in the back anymore with a bunch of kegs. It's actual refrigeration. Everything is wonderfully put out there. There's a huge section in the back. Excuse me, not in the back, in the in the corner next to the cash register that is meant for taps and stuff. So you're going to be able to get your growlers filled and get things up and running. Some guy from fucking Blue Point was doing uh, tastings there. Everything was brand new, too. Every Their whole inventory was fresh, except for one thing. And this is the best-kept secret on this island right now. They had Bourbon County Stouts from 2017 right there for the taking. The same price for one of those bottles. A 2017, not, not necessarily a vintage... But you're ahead of the game if you want to fucking put that in your basement and let it age. I thought about grabbing one. But you know what? I wanted to grab these beautiful Oktoberfests that were here right now. And that's what I did. I grabbed the Oktoberfests. I grabbed some 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 ciders for my wife. As well as some tea that the Blue Point guy sold me on. But uh, this... Oh, shit. This here... This here is for... For Beverage Island. Oh my God! So you know what? This uh, this actually this show went a lot longer than I thought it would, being that I had absolutely nothing prepared. I did say I had beer news. I didn't get to any of it because I was just rambling on talking about Oktoberfest and drinking to a whole bunch of people. So I'm going to do one more Einprosit, and I've already toasted to the listeners of the show and stuff like that. So this last one uh, is to everybody. Okay, just everyone in the world, right? And it's going to sound crazy, but I, I really believe in mankind. I really believe in, in the good people of the world, and I, I think everyone has a good heart. I think deep down everything's going to be okay. I know that these are trying times, and everyone's upset, and everyone is just panicking and then going crazy, but guess what? Oktoberfest is the time where we all come together under one big fucking tent as human beings, and we drink. And have the feeling of the Gemünlichkeit, which is the warm feeling, the love. That's what the warm feeling is, the love. So I'm going to exit with this song. I'm going to drink this beer. I'm going to, at the end of it, chug this whole, it's two beers, down. And that'll be the end of the show. Thank you all for listening to the finale of season three. I look forward to starting season four. I want to do it next week. Okay, that's my intention. I did go to the zoo today. I'm going to maybe get to that next week. Okay, give me something. Something to look forward to. So this last I'm pro is to is to mankind. 
and everyone in it. It includes you, it includes me, and it includes your neighbor. We might not all agree with everything at all times, but guess what? Like I said, we're all under this one big tent, baby, and we're all in this together. Cheers, everybody. Happy Oktoberfest, okay?